Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I just want to start off by saying uh, congratulations to the women's basketball team and Coach McGuff for um, the great game last night and moving on to uh, Seattle in the Sweet 16 and then also to Nadine and the women's hockey team for, for a great season and making it all the way to the national championship game again. Thank you, Coach. We'll open up the floor for questions. Uh, front row, Dave Biddle, 24-7 Sports. Ryan, I know it's just three days of practice, but can you get into the competition at center and right tackle, You know, Vic and, uh, and Carson at center, and then Tegra and Zen at right tackle? First day in pads today. I'll get on the film and take a look at it. Uh, I think, um, you know, so far I've been impressed with the way Carson's come out and competed early on. Um, you know, Vic is learning the offense. Um, you know, I, I think he would tell you that um, – you know, practicing every day at Ohio State is, is, is something that he's adjusting to, but um, has ability, has athleticism, got a great attitude. So I think we'll see the best football out of him as we get closer to the middle of, of spring practice. But um, but so far, I've been pretty pleased with what's going on at center. Yeah, right tackle. Uh, it's still too hard to tell, I think, there. Again, it's our first day in pad, so it's going to be hard to really give you a, a lot of evaluation. Um, we'll get going with a bunch of inside drill on, on Thursday and, and probably get after it in a little bit of a scrimmage setting on Saturday uh, at times. So I think coming off the week, we'll have a better feel for it. Um, but, but so far, um, you know, there's been, been some good things. There's been some things that we want to get better at, certainly. Um, but, uh, but we'll take a look at the film today with the pads on. Because when we don't have pads on, it's very difficult. You know, I think guys have to take care of each other, learn how to practice without pads the first two days. But had them on today, and there was a lot of good things out there. You know, it's hard right now to say who was really standing out, but I think Denzel and Jordan and uh, Davidson's been in there. Um, Jair, they've got their hands on balls. I think just as a group right now, uh, they're, they're competing, they're challenging. And um, I don't think we could ask for a better start of, of spring practice coming off the first three days. So uh, we'll see as we get towards the middle. Like I said, you know, I can probably give you a better evaluation as we get closer to the middle of, of spring practice and then towards the end of, of where guys are at. But I just like their attitude. I like their competitiveness. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a bunch of guys working on the perimeter every day. And that's what we want. We want to be really competitive this spring and everything we do and, uh, as we get going here with the pads, we'll be in more winner loser situations, and that's what we want. Fourth row middle, Pat Murphy, twenty four seven Sports. Ryan, the first day we did this, I asked you about your, your two transfer defensive backs, Jihad and, and Davidson. I'm curious now that you've seen them in the, in the building a bit more, how they're fitting in, what you like about what they brought so far. Yeah, I, I think they are fitting in well. I, you know, when you come to Ohio State, you know, you don't just jump into that locker room and. Um, you know, think that you're going to get the respect of the teammates just because you're walking in the locker room. You have to earn it. Um, I think both of them have done that through, um, you know, winter workouts, mat drills, and now into the third day of practice. You know, they, they've, they've worked. Um, you know, I think that anytime you're in that type of situation, you have to kind of work your way into it. You know, you kind of um, – you're seen before you're heard, um, and they're doing that right now. Uh, again, where does it go into practice 7, 8, 9, 10? We'll see. 
but uh, but so far I've been pleased with not only their attitudes, but their ability to help us this, this upcoming season. Right next door, Andy Anders, Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Uh, yes, yeah, so obviously a big part of the spring, too, is evaluating uh, Brian Hartline as a play caller. You've talked about you know, putting him in those situations in practice. When you're evaluating someone as a play caller, how do you go about that? Is it maybe having a – is it like having a cheat sheet of, you know, plays that should be called in certain, certain situations? Is it just letting him call plays and seeing the success of those plays? What is that evaluation process? Yeah, you don't really know until you get into a game how that works. But we're going to try this um, – you know, these next couple of weeks to try to get some game type situations and get that going. But a big part of it right now in the first 10 practices is installing his fundamentals. And then we try to start playing the game more. But, um, you know, when you don't have, you know, red zone and third down short yardage, those type of situations in, it's hard to get into those type of game situations. Um, so we'll typically script a lot of what we do. Um, and we're, we're only into day three here. And today was our first day in pads coming off of spring break. So um, we've been pretty basic. We're really working on the fundamentals, you know, hand placement, pad level, those type of things, ball security. And and then as we get into more situational stuff, then we have our, our full game plan and we can get into that stuff. So, um, you know, and then the best you can do is just kind of get out there and call it and just see what, what happens and uh, try to change the situation the best you can. But you don't quite really get a feel for it to you in the game. Front row, middle. Do we call this this match? Ryan, what are you looking to see out of Saturday's scrimmage? Um, I know we're a couple days away. We don't talk to you until then. But what do you want to see out of the scrimmage? Do you have any idea how it's going to be formatted and all that? No, no. We're going to talk about it as a staff in terms of exactly how we're going to do it. We'll see how we come out of Thursday. That's a big part of it, too, is the you know the injuries and how many guys we have at what position. So we'll try to figure out how many reps we want to get each guy. But um, you know, we want to tackle to the ground and um, you know, with certain guys. Um, you know, One thing about spring practice, the more you think about it and with COVID and everything that's gone on the last couple of years, you have guys who've been in the program for four years or five years. Then you have guys who uh, just, you know, should be finishing up their senior year of high school. So you have different variety of experiences and age groups. So trying to figure out what's right for, for each guy is where, you know, this time of year, you got to do a great job of um, you know, some guys have played, you know, a bunch of football. They've had, you know, thousands of snaps in games. Other guys have never done it before. So, uh, what we want to do is get a lot of those younger guys a bunch of game reps, you know, see who can tackle, see who's going to make plays, let it, give them an opportunity to go put it on the field. So uh, we'll be very basic in what we're doing schematically, but just allow them to go play um, and then grade the film and see where we're at. You clarified earlier, as far as Brian calling plays in kind of game-like settings, does that include the Saturdays for managers? Um, yeah, we haven't really talked about it, um, but, yeah, probably we'll we'll kind of put a little game plan together and let them call it and see how it goes. Macro, uh, Bill Landis, Rivals, the podcast. Ryan, um, you, you talked about quarterback creativity and play extension and how important that can be. How much does that factor into your evaluations right now? And uh, how do you get a good evaluation of that in a controlled practice setting when the quarterbacks aren't live and the pass rush isn't exactly what they'd experience? When they've been? The evaluation of the quarterbacks? The best I can tell you, it's, it's a great question, um, is just based on experience you know, trying to, um, you know, compare and contrast based on uh, quarterbacks we've had in the past, what it's looked like, the decision-making process, trying to put them in as many game-like situations as possible. Um, you know, third down, red zone. Um, but to be honest with you, you really don't know until you get into a game. You don't, um, you know, I was talking to CJ about it out there. He was at practice and, you know, that first Minnesota game, you know, what that was like and the ups and downs of that one. 
And a big part of it is getting your confidence. But I think you want to identify the things they do well and and then really emphasize those and then recognize what the areas that need to be improved and, and try to make sure that we're addressing those and just try to get the guys better every day. Um, and over time, it seems to always kind of shake itself out. But we're in a day three, and, and there were some good things out there today. You have to, I guess, like have that projection kind of baked in that you, you don't know until a game mm. is, is in front of you. Does that sit in the back of your mind? Like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, am, I, am I really making the right choice without knowing what these guys are going to look like when it's, when it's live action? Yeah, yeah. You, you never know. Um, you try to do the best you can. And, um, you know, when you have somebody that's played a whole year, you certainly sleep a little bit better at night. And when you have somebody who hasn't, then you don't. But but that's college football. And um, I think uh, it's been exciting to, to you know, develop young quarterbacks and, and new quarterbacks here the last couple of years. You know, when you had uh, Justin and, you know, um, you know even Dwayne, you know, that was his first year playing, and then, and then CJ two years ago. Um, but the frustrating thing is you only get them for a couple of years and then and then they move on to the NFL. But but that's um, that's a good problem to have. Uh, right next door, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Rooker. Ryan, it seems like you guys know exactly what you have with Ty and Mike and Ty Leak in the middle there. But then beyond those guys, it doesn't right. seem like there's a lot of experience. What do you need to see from those guys behind the Bureau, even Jason, those guys to know that you guys are, are set at defensive tackle heading into the yeah, you need him to flash. You need him to make plays. You need him to get off of blocks. Consistency over a whole spring. I think that's one of the things about playing in the D line that's um, probably talked about. Um, you know, not enough is you know this the sustaining a certain level of play for an extended period of time. You know, play seven, eight, nine of a drive. Um, you know, playing into the fourth quarter, um, and and you want to see the ability of guys to make plays and flash, and that's great. But can you consistently put days back to back? Can you consistently put plays back to back over time? And and that's what we need. We need to see that consistency. Top over here for the right, Justin Holbrock, WCMH. Jim said when we talked to him a couple weeks ago that he shifted his focus from teaching to competition this spring. Have you seen that manifest itself? And if you haven't yet, what are you looking for in those terms? What do you want to see from competition that he's going to provide your offense? Yeah, we, we, we're trying to find as many ways that we can to create winner or loser situations. We're starting practice right after stretch with winner or loser situations. Um, as, as the pads are on, we're going to find as many ways as possible to do that. Um, because I, I think, you know, we, we all work hard and working hard gives us a chance. But um, the difference between that and competing is there's a winner and a loser every time you compete. So, um, you know, year one. Um, on defense, installing it, you know, trying to install the, the defense and get it taught, make sure you know, you know what you're doing. And now it's it's more of an emphasis on how to do it, uh, except for the younger guys. But for the older guys now, we have a bunch of experience coming back there, which is great. But how many times can we put them in competitive situations to go play? Um, and that's what we're trying to do, whether it's at a position or as an offensive defense. I'm curious about pro day and what you feel your role is on that day? Is it schmoozing scouts? Is it answering their questions? Is it trying to calm your guys down? Or, and additionally, because, and how much does that day mean to the overall evaluation? Because there comes a time, and the, the ones I've been to, when the quarterbacks start throwing, it's kind of a hush, and you can just feel the tension. Um, and it's like, this is an important Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for us, the last couple of years, we've been able to 
have some of your younger guys participate to help out. So last year, for instance, CJ, um, you know, threw to Chris and, and to Garrett. Um, and so he actually got an opportunity to experience what that was like. Uh, we played some music to kind of do what you're talking about and kind of, um, you know, that, um, you know, kind of quiet, awkward tension in the, in the room, just try to get rid of that because the whole thing of it is just to play loose and have fun. And, and that's what we try to talk to our guys about, you know, so in terms of our role, I think, and we just want to provide them whatever they need. It's their day um, to try to, you know, highlight what they do best. And um, with all the different people, we come in, we meet with them. Uh, we'll have a meeting with everybody who's who's in attendance. And then a lot of one-off conversations and meetings. Yeah, yeah, we do that. And uh, I talk to them, Mick talks to them. Um, and we just, you know, answer any questions that they may have about our players. Um, most of them do such a great job. They know so much about our guys already. They have the combine interviews, but um, we're just here to advocate and you know provide information and make sure they have a great day so that they're putting their best foot forward. One other Tim May quickie. Um, if uh, <laughs> CJ killed it at the combine, does he really need to throw here? It's a piece of the puzzle. You know, I, I think every time you do something, it's a little piece, but um, you know, I think you, know, you watch what he did this season. You watch the way he played the Georgia game. You know, you get a chance to see, you know, at the combine the way he throws the ball. But, um, you know, I, I think most teams know what he can do. But it's another piece of the puzzle, and it's a great opportunity for teams to get out here and, and see him live and in color and see him throw it. You know, it's good. I know as a quarterback, I always wanted to see what it looked like coming off the hand, and everybody got a chance to do that at the combine, and then they'll get a chance to do that on uh, Wednesday because that's tomorrow. Yeah. Front row right, Austin Ward, rivals the podcast. Uh, Ryan, we've seen, you know, how successful your offense has been with the two tight end personnel grouping out there. We know that you've got Cade coming back. I would assume that it's Joe and G sort of leading the battle there elsewhere. How do you see that shaking up throughout spring? What do they need to do? I know the pads just came on today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they both have to be able to play an 11 personnel, which uh, means they have to be able to go run routes and get open against, you know, safeties and, and nickels. Uh, but they also have to go in there and block seven techniques. And 11 personnel um, in the 12 personnel, you know, we have the Y and the H and the Y does a little bit more of the heavy lifting. Uh, the H is sometimes a little bit more off the ball and does a little bit more off the ball type stuff. You saw Mitch do that a little bit last year. You saw Ruck do that the year before uh, when we had Luke, uh, you know, Luke Farrell. So um, Cade shown that he can do both. Um, and, you know, we're looking for the rest of those tight ends to do is be able to show that. Um, I think Keenan's off to a great start with that group and, and hopefully, you know, we can keep growing on that and replace Mitch. Fullback position going to be dead if like, you can't find somebody to do what Mitch did? You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, we have a couple ideas on on that. Um, you know, we've um, we've tossed around the idea of, of some different ideas, and we'll kind of see where it goes. But we, we have some good thoughts. Fourth uh, right, Cameron T. Robinson, The Athletic. Brian, you mentioned you want to see, like, you really learn a lot from those quarterbacks when you get them in a game. What do you look at in a scrimmage? I mean, it's the best chance you have right yeah. now to put a game in situation together. You know, I've been talking to our guys about making the routine plays routinely. With our players and the skill that we have, um, we don't need an extraordinary stuff. We need people to take care of the football. We need them to, you know, if the first read's there, take it. If not, work on to two, three, and then and then have a plan from there. Um, make good decisions on a run game. Take care of the football and lead the offense. Um you know, if you're going to turn the ball over, it's not going to go well here. Um, you know, and so we've got to take care of the ball, take care of the ball. But you also know we're going to be aggressive. And that's not just easy. to see. It's a lot easier to say, well, take care of the football. 
but we also want to go score a bunch of touchdowns. So there's that, that balance that you have to find. And, um, you know, some guys can find that easier than others. We've been fortunate enough to, to find the guys that get a feel for that. Uh, it's probably a big part of the it factor that people talk about, you know, seeing the field and understanding situations, but, um, the more game-like situations we can create, the more we get a feel for that, you know, and certainly taking care of the football, uh, and making routine plays routinely is important. Obviously, the game is, is different than a scrimmage, and you have all the pressure and everything going on. But for when it comes to the quarterbacks, you still evaluate them the same way in scrimmages as you would in the game, or is that different? No, I mean, it's – I think it's the way that the game is played. You have practice and preparation that leads up to a game, and then you have to go put it on the field. I think that it's kind of like that in the spring and the preseason where you have your practices during the week, and you're making evaluations every day. But, um, you know, one drill could be, you know, team run and play action pass. And you're specifically working on that and you're getting better at that. Um, but that's very focused on that specific situation. When you're playing in a game, it goes from first down to second down to third down. And if you're not staying on schedule on first and second down and finding that check down or being able to, you know, create a play on third down, you just don't know that until you're in those type of situations. So, um, it's one thing just to play one play. It's another thing to understand how that play is going to affect that drive and ultimately the game. Uh, front row, uh, right in front of him, Tony Gerben, Buckeye Huddle. Ryan, other than quarterback, what position or position group are you, comes into your mind the most or are you thinking about the most right now? Uh, probably offensive line and, and then um, you know, probably the, the secondary just in general, just where that's at. Um, I, I will say this again. I, I like the way the corners are playing. Um, you'll see how the safeties did today. But, um, you know, depth in the D-line, um, you know, it, it's good to get a couple guys out there now that Tommy's not going to be practicing here this spring to get some other guys going at linebacker. Um, but but those are the areas that, you know, we got to really do a great job with. With the offensive line, is, is there a danger of being um, too optimistic as a head coach about a, a position group? Well, you just have to evaluate for what it is. You know, you have to, you have to identify and you have to be real. Um, you know, you can't can't be fake in this game. The players know it. The coaches know it. So, um, you know, sometimes you can, you can feel like, you know, we're riding a guy or, you know, we're really negative on someone who's a really good player and, you know, they can call that out. Or, you know, if, if you're wrong in your evaluation and you think someone's better than they are, then, you know, uh, it's going to get you beat down the road. So you just got to do a great job of communicating and identifying what you think it is in the evaluation. Uh, front row, uh, again, uh, Doug Lane Reese, Cleveland.com. <coughs> Ryan, how the, the different quarterbacks you've had here from JT to Dwayne to Justin to CJ, how has your view of the quarterback position evolved yeah. in your time here? Or with the Ryan Day who showed up the first day you were here in 2017, talk about what you need to do to be a successful quarterback the same way that you talk about it today? Probably. Probably. I think the game is changing, but to your point, I don't think that uh, what you look for in a quarterback really has. Um, you have to be able to to do stuff with your feet. You have to be able to create a little bit, um, you know, in and out of the pocket. Um, you have to at least be a threat in the run game. That has to be a part of what you do. Um, I think it's important to do that. But you also have to be able to throw the football in, in, in the pocket on third down in the red zone. Um, you know, be able to push the ball down the field and play action pass. So I think all those things are important on the field. And then the leadership part of it is critical. So, no, I don't think that's changed. Um, but I do think the more you look at the quarterbacks who are making it in the NFL and at, at the highest level of college football, you know, they, they, they can move their feet. 
you know, they can create, they can extend plays. Um, just thinking about the playoffs and in college, thinking about the playoffs and in the NFL. I mean, almost all those guys could do that. I think that's important. Um, but I think we talked about that, you know, probably five, 10, 20 years ago, but I think more and more it's becoming part of the, the reality. In the NFL, if you draft a young guy, you might have him for a decade. Yeah. You can build an offense around that guy. Be like, hey, we're gonna maybe yep. it's not what I would normally do, but we're locked into this guy. Here, as you said, you get a year or two. What is the right balance of you said you, you always want to bring up the strengths of a quarterback? What's the balance of an Ohio State quarterback has to do this versus well, this guy's got these skills, we can adjust a little bit. And do you adjust less? Because it's going to be a constant churn where the NFL could adjust and then keep that adjustment for a decade. Yeah, I, I think the first thing is they have to be able to compete. They have to be high, high competitors um, because of what it takes to be the quarterback at Ohio State. You know, you have to be highly, highly competitive. Um, I think the other thing is you're looking for some sort of extraordinary trait. You know, when you think about the different quarterbacks we've had, you know, even just going back to, you know, with Braxton and Cardell. JT, Dwayne, Justin, CJ, um, you know, when Joe was here, I mean, they, they all had extraordinary traits. Um, and I think that's important. And then you try to, you know, emphasize those traits. You don't have to tell us, do you think you have identified the extraordinary traits of Devin and Kyle, or are you still looking? No, I, I think that they're starting to, to take shape. Yeah, I, I think that they're, um, yeah, they're doing a good job. I think the one thing that I can appreciate about both of them is, is uh, their work ethic, uh, their intelligence level. And um, it, it's been fun to get out there and, and, and see them now take the reps with the ones, um, because when you're when you're taking reps with the twos and the threes, it's a little bit different, especially in season. But now they're getting you know, thrushed up there and or pushed up there, and and um, you know it, we'll see as we continue to go. We haven't even put third down in yet. We haven't put any of that stuff in, so we'll see. But uh, but so far, you know, I just I kind of like their mentality, and I think that the team um, you know believes in them, and I think that's important as well. Yeah, um, I don't mean to follow up on all this, like Bill and uh, and Doug's questions and stuff. But when you put my eyes in your head, or vice versa, when you're out there in a practice in a practice play, how, how are you watching it from from the quarterback standpoint? You understand what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, are they seeing what I'm seeing? I mean, what? what give me a, kind of a sense of that. Well, you're looking for timing. I think that's first thing. You know, is the is is the timing right? And you're looking at their eyes. Uh, where are they looking? I think that's very, very important. Uh, and then if their eyes and their feet are right, is the ball coming out where it's supposed to be on time? Um, and, you know, when it goes exactly as planned, you know, can we, can we make the play? Okay, that's the first thing, yes or no. If they can't make the play when everything goes exactly the way you design it, that's not good. Um, if uh, you draw the play up and it doesn't go exactly the way you plan, is there a plan B? You know, which is, um, you know, not throwing it there if it wasn't, you know, designed perfectly right. Or maybe the coverage is a little bit different where, you know, they can recognize, okay, this isn't exactly how we talked about it. Or this is a dangerous situation. Uh, now, here comes plan B because, um, you know, it's, it's their job to make it right. And, and that's part of playing the quarterback position. And so, um, you know, the more times that you can make um, bad plays right, the better off you're going to be in this game. And I think you can see that at all levels. Uh, but you also have to make the routine plays routinely, and that's what we're working on right now. Yeah. In other words, there's always an answer in a, in a play, exactly. usually. And one of the quickie, as you've gotten to, and I asked you this the other day, but as you've gotten to Rome, for want of another term, 
what, what have you noticed about the Jim Knowles defense that you didn't maybe catch on to last year? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, is there, is there something you're, you're kind of like getting a feel for what he's thinking? I mean, just what's that been like, I guess? Um, yeah, it's been fun to watch him work. It's been fun to see how, um, you know, he – uh, I could tell, you know, he gets to a certain point where he wants to get him enough reps of a defense over and over again against all the different formations, all the different looks. And then when it gets to a certain point, then he feels comfortable. Okay, this thing's going to get game ready. I can call this in a game. But if it hasn't had as many reps, um, it, it's not ready yet. It kind of stays over here. And and so it's, it's you know, my job as a head coach to make sure we have enough plays where he's getting what he needs to make sure the guys understand that enough see the different um, you know, ways that our offenses are going to attack them so that it can be game ready. Play call quickie. Uh, back to the quarterbacks. Do you notice when a guy has gotten comfortable wearing the black jersey, meaning I'm not going to get hit? You understand? I mean, yeah. how much do you factor that into <laughs> as you're evaluating their boldness? Well, I, I like when, um, when they get into the games, um, you know, as a backup, to kind of get whacked a little bit, you know, I always try to uh, get them into, even if they're maybe not a, a quarterback that, you know, is going to do a lot of quarterback running. I've always tried to have a couple where, you know, they're pulling the ball and they get smacked or some sort of an out of pocket pass uh, in those games um, just to try to see them take that, that, that shot. Because like you said, in practice, they don't get hit like that. So, but that's another part of it that you can't really predict other than what you see. Thank you. Front row. Bill Columbus dispatch. Um, Another quarterback thing. I'll ask what Doug did want to ask. What are the extraordinary traits that you've seen from Devin or and Kyle? Um, I probably won't get into that right now. But probably wait till we get to yeah, a little bit midway through or maybe towards the end of spring and kind of see where it goes. Um, because you know they're they're going to be um, there'd be a lot of eyeballs on them, and um, you know I think it's good for them to just continue to work and put days on top of days and and see where it goes and and. You know, one of my suggestions to them is don't don't get done with practice and start, you know, sticking your nose in Twitter and everything like that. Not that there's a lot of evaluations week in and week out, but even after Saturday, you know, I think for quarterbacks, what they have to do is just continue to stay hungry and just keep working and, and not, you know, listen to the noise because there's going to be a lot of that, especially when you're at, at, at Ohio State as a quarterback. So um, the least amount that I can say, the better for them. So that didn't count as a question, so I can answer another one. Uh, completely different. You, uh, you guys got to owe Jerry some beers, I think, after this. <laughs> you had Big Ten meetings with coaches, right? Yeah. What came out of that, that that you can share in terms of maybe scheduling or just anything else that happened there? Um, yeah, good conversation about exactly what you're saying. You know, as we go into 24, um, you know, things are changing. And then what does that mean for the conference in terms of the scheduling? Um, there's still a lot to be decided there. But as we go into, um, you know, going away from divisions and, and the, all those types of conversations, there's um, there's a lot to be worked out, um, you know, certainly with the playoffs and, and the conference games. And so a lot of back and forth. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, we talked about some rule changes and, and those type of things. So, um, you know, I think we have our, our regular meetings um, or regular meeting on Zoom, I think maybe next week planned. And so we'll continue that cadence of, of working with the conference. Um, but I'll say this about the the Big Ten coaches: a lot of respect for the guys that are in that room, uh, a lot of experience, uh, really good football coaches, and so even just to be in there and listen to others talk, um, you know, was really good. Uh, Reverend Hyman, Nathan Barrett, Cleveland.com. 
Ryan, they uh, released your, the new assistant coaching contracts last week. We saw the, the raise of Tim Walton got, but we're also told that there was a change in his title to uh, defensive passing quarter. Just curious, it was is there a structural change that goes along with that, and is that taking anything off of Jim's plate? How does that work? Just wanted to um, try to find as many ways to, to have the secondary meet together. Uh, the tie in the, 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 the safeties and the corners, um, which, you know, Tim and Perry were great with. And, and so was, was Jim. And so anytime you do that, you just have to make sure you delineate, you know, how things are, are going to go in terms of chain of command. But uh, Tim's experience speaks for itself and, um, you know, not much is going to change, but they are going to do some more meeting together as a group. And I felt like it was appropriate uh, to kind of, you know, put that, um, you know, that job description for Tim and, and so, you know, he'll kind of run with it and then hopefully we can, um, you know, get everybody on the same page before sometimes we leave meetings and then it goes into individual meetings because there's pluses and minuses to both. And I think Jim does a great job with the unit meeting and both coaches do a great job individually. But I think there's times where they all need to be together in a room just to communicate and hear things from one voice. And last year, that's the assistant salary pool, we believe, was the biggest in the country. And it looks like it might be again this year. Is that something that's important to you? Does that have like a not to mix my terms, but a currency when you're out in recruiting or talking to other coaches? Well, we always feel like we should have the best at Ohio State and we can attract the best. And, and uh, with the board and with Gene's support, you know, we've been able to do that. And, you know, they deserve to be compensated that way and try to go to bat for the guys. Um, they work really hard. And and so well, we'll continue to do that. But just like anywhere else, you know, we, we expect to be the best in the country and everything. And, and so uh, we're fortunate enough to be able to get the best. Time for two more. Uh, third row, Dan Hope, uh, 11 Warriors. Ryan, you mentioned CJ pursuing Pro Day last year. Any of the current players this year are going to be participating in Pro Day? Yes, yeah, there's going to be a few. I know um, that receiver, I'm pretty sure that Marvin Xavier, um, Jaden Ballard is going to uh, work out. I don't know exactly all of them, but I'm, I'm pretty sure those three are going to, going to help with CJ. What do you think those guys can get out of that experience? Yeah, kind of what, what we've done in the past where um, – I believe Garrett and Chris helped work out with maybe even Jackson uh, helped out with uh, Justin a couple of years ago. And then, and then CJ helped out with, with the guys last year. Um, and maybe even, I think Cade might be catching some passes for him and it'll work out a tight end. Um, but I, I think it just allows them the opportunity to get a feel for what that's like. Um, like Clay was mentioning, sometimes it can be kind of awkward just kind of being out there and uh, running routes and catching, but just, um, you know, relaxing, getting a feel for it. So when they do it next year, it won't be the first time. Uh, and final question is the second row left, Steve Elwagen, 24 7 Sports. Yeah, Coach, maybe this is better for uh, Coach Knowles, but uh, his defense, three safeties and two corners predominantly. Is there a school of thought that when it is a third and long, it's a passing situation? Could you be better served to put a corner in and take one of the safeties out? Because some of the big hits in those situations have come against safeties kind of put in tough cover situations. Maybe it's been depth at corner that you haven't had. I don't know. But is there any discussion about that, that maybe what's good for first and second down may not be the best for third down? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I think that what we're looking for in that nickel position is different than the safety position. So we have our, you know, our two safeties and then we have that nickel. That nickel really should be uh, similar to a corner. So, um, I think that's important. Um, but I do think, to your point, th there are some situations, especially on third down, where if we feel like we have our best or third best cover guy, if we have that, which uh, with all of our injuries last year, to your point, I don't, I don't think we ever really got to be able to go down that road. Yeah, Tanner was kind of there, and then you know Cam got hurt, so we didn't 
uh, quite have the opportunity to do that. But yeah, on third down, bringing in your best cover guy definitely makes sense. And then also maybe on third long, you know, taking out one of your linebackers and going to a dime package is certainly something that that we'll be considering. Yeah, thanks, guys. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.